0: Hi, everyone. Uh, Welcome back to the ins and outs of selling a business. Uh, For those of you just joining us, uh, my name is Keith D. I'm president of Osage Advisors. Osage Advisors is a merger and acquisition firm which works with uh, business owners and their families looking to sell. Uh, We've been around for over 20 years now, and we typically work with clients with $5 million in revenues and up. So I want to welcome back and continue our conversation about, um, you know, uh, trends, uh, in the M and a market for 2022, uh, in our previous, uh, episode or part one of this uh, podcast, we talked about, um, you know, coming out of a roaring 2021 M and a market, um, again, uh, historic volume over tr- $3 trillion in transaction value, um, Valuations were at an all-time high, Uh, plenty of cash, um, chasing deals around, which caused a significant competitive environment, which was, uh, you know, all great for our clients and uh, business owners who sold their companies back in 2021. Um, on the good good news uh, in 2022, and looking at trends, there still is a significant amount of cash out there. Um, I believe uh, private equity is still has close to a trillion dollars uh, looking to acquire uh, companies that uh, into their portfolios Our strategic buyers are looking for uh, synergistic uh, add-ons as well as uh, companies that could create new market opportunities uh, for them uh, expansion of product lines etc Um but there has been a you know, tap under breaks that we talked about where um, you know, there's a number of factors in the current environment that have raised the level of skepticism uh, among buyers, which, you know, frankly, has had uh, some effect on value. So from a trending perspective and um, some of the research we've looked at and some of the conversations we actually had with, uh, with buyers, you know, we've seen uh, you know, valuations have uh, peaked, uh, probably have um, leveled off and in some cases uh, are are down a bit uh, we we talked to a uh, uh, equity fund who called us uh, this week and I asked him I said where are you were you guys seeing value today and he says well you know we've kind of dropped our offers by you know a half turn uh, what does that mean I mean if it was a company that you know two million dollars in adjusted profits and we were paying a, a seven multiple for at fourteen. You now we're looking at maybe paying, uh, you know, um, a six and a half multiple, or if I did the math right, uh, thirteen million. So um, I think uh, sellers need to be prepared for, you know, looking at transactions today where we're going to add some what we call it, uh, structure to the deal. So instead of being uh, all cash at closing, uh, it may be hey. We believe you can get there, but you got to prove it to us. So, uh, for this the transaction, I just gave you example of said we're willing to pay you the fourteen million, but we'll pay you the thirteen today based on the current environment. And if you produce and hit those numbers in the next, you know, twelve to twenty four months, you know we're happy to pay that extra million dollars or two million dollars, whatever it is, and what we call an earnout. Uh, but you need to perform so. Typically, that means that you as the owner uh, will likely stay on or someone within your family will likely stay on with the business to kind of drive uh, the leadership of, of the company to to work towards hitting those targets so you get that final payout. Um, we saw a lot of this uh, at the beginning uh, coming out of the pandemic in the first quarter, uh, so, excuse me, uh, I would say the third quarter of 2020. Where deals were um, being structured in a way that hey we're not sure where all we're going today, but we want to do a deal. You want to do a deal, so let's put into place a, a structure that makes some sense for both of us. Um, so those are trends we're seeing. Um, you know, we uh, we recently closed um, uh, two deals where. Uh, One of them was full payout at closing um, because of the nature of the company. The other one, there was a uh, was an Mm earnout component to it because they had a contract that was delayed by one of the major customers. But was just kicking back in. And the the buyer said and most buyers are reasonable about this uh, or actually they want you to hit the numbers. Right. Because they're buying you and they only increase their value is they look, we get it so uh if you get that if you hit that number and a business is back, we're happy to pay you out It's a win win uh, for both companies because if you hit the number, one, you get the full payout and your your family or your partners get the payout and two, from a buyer perspective uh they want you hit the number, then the value of that company goes up, which creates greater value for them and their whole whole for portfolio of businesses so you're trending moving forward, I think we're gonna see um Structure come into it because we're really not sure where things are going. I mean, right? So like, like we talked about earlier, you got supply chain issues, you got inflation, rising interest rates, geopolitical issues. Uh, that uh, and no one knows kind of where we're headed. And of course, uh, we could be headed into uh, you know what we call a, a recession. I mean, a lot of us feel we're already there. Uh, but it hasn't been um, acknowledged or designated by any any group as, as such that I'm aware of. So, uh, those are one issue. So, you know, another issue I think we, we talk about is uh, that relates to the supply chain when we're looking at structure, which is really to become more prevalent. Is that especially if you're in the if you if you hold inventories, so distri- distribution, uh, manufacturing, industrial type companies. You know, as we as we mentioned that you're 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 holding unusually uh, high levels of inventory right now to meet your customer demands. Um, And you're also procuring product uh, from not only your existing vendor base, but, you know, you're probably reaching out to vendors you haven't really dealt with in the past. So it's a new relationship and can they deliver? So you're looking out instead of three to six months, you're now looking out close to a year. Uh, we, we sold a company last year that you know because the supply chain has been through 2021 and obviously continued 2022, where our client um, was looking to procure product uh, nine months out uh, lead times versus a typical you know 60 90 day lead time. So what does that do? That puts more inventory in your balance sheet, uh, which you have t- now tied up versus being in cash. And so when a, when you when you sit down and you negotiate uh, the working capital component of a transaction, it's somewhat skewed today because historically my inventory is five million, but I have eight million of inventory on my books. you know I should get credit for that and the purchase price. You know, that's the business owner's perspective. rightfully so, right. And we defend that point and we can back it up. A buyer's gonna look at it and say, Well, look, I understand you traditionally had five million of inventory. Now you have eight, because if you didn't have eight, you couldn't produce the product you needed to get your sales in EBITDA where they are today. So you got two ends of the spectrum from the buyer and the seller. So you need to come to a happy or agreed upon metric for what that working capital component is gonna be. In the past, I would say pre pandemic, it was a f- Fairly straightforward calculation. Uh, Obviously, you adjust for seasonality depending on the business. But, hey, my last 12 months working capital was X. At closing, it's X. No adjustment. We move forward and everybody's happy. You know, you throw a pandemic year in for 2020 – Uh, you come out of it into 2021 and you have supply chain issues running into 2022 and you're skewed. I mean, your inventory numbers are not historical. They're, they're, they're chains uh, to current market, uh, but you want to get credit for that. So, you know, from a um, buyer seller discussion, it's a little more complicated than used to be. So I think, you know, running those numbers uh, justifying your position uh, so, you have your internal team, controller, CFO, et cetera, run it. Have your external CPA firm um, take a look at it. And then let's, let's justify why we should get this credit at closing to um, produce more cash to you in your pocket at closing. It's definitely going to be a, um, uh, what I call, I won't say tense conversation, but certainly a meaningful conversation. But, you know, I think it's important to be transparent about it. I think you need to bring it up early in the discussions when you're uh, in the due diligence process, so that the buyer's aware of your position, so that you work through it to everybody's satisfaction, and it's not sitting there at the end of the transaction and, uh, you know, kind of could possibly blow up the deal after you spend all this time, energy, and money. So from our perspective, we'd like to get that working capital discussion going on early once we're in due diligence so that we can um, come to a meeting of the mind, so to speak, between the buyer and our client that, yeah, that's a reasonable approach, and we'll find, you know, we'll, we'll as we go through our due diligence and check it out, but that, that formula and your, your, your support for running that uh, calculation makes sense to us. So... You don't want to leave it to the end. You want to bring it up forthright. Um, and, you know, so those are the kind of things that we're seeing that are going to be from a structural deal moving forward. Um, I think we're going to see some, uh, you know, I need to be creative in getting deals done um, from that perspective. Um, other thing is I think you look at the type of buyers out there right now. I mean, I think there's a, a, there's a lot of financial buyers chasing deals, um, have been for, you know, Uh, for many years, but certainly leading to charge uh, out of the pandemic. And, you know, the notion today that, um, you know, a strategic buyer is always going to pay more than a financial buyer. I mean, uh, I'm not so sure that's the case anymore. I mean, there are reports out there that that delta has shrunk significantly. So when you're talking to, and that's why it's important to, you know, really is is to talk to multiple parties at the same time. That's to get a uh, a, a balance of strategic buyers and equity funds at the table in a competitive environment like like Osage does, so that you can, you know, kind of read the room and where they see value and how they're pricing the deals, so you can make the best choices, uh, for yourself. I mean, for example, you can pick up the phone and it's one of your competitors or, uh, uh or someone has a similar product line from a different part of the country and your mindset says, Hey, this is a strategic buyer. They're always going to pay more than a financial buyer. I'm going to have a conversation with them. That's not necessarily the case today. Uh, a lot of that has been built by, uh, what I would call, you know, equity funds have uh, grown significantly from 2021, 2001. When we, we first started, I think there was maybe a thousand private equity funds. Now there's over maybe five, six, seven thousand equity funds in the country. They all have portfolios. So in a lot of natures, they are strategic uh, by the fact that they're going to roll you into or bolt you onto or uh, to one of their investments that's in and around your business. So it is strategic to them. So I think you got to be um, careful and I think you got to be open minded about what the, you know, having choices, talking to various funds, what they bring to the table. Um, you know, moving forward, uh, I'm sure your phones are ringing. Uh, there's a lot of lines going out there. Uh, I have a client uh, that, you know, sent me an email, a copy of a letter he got from, uh, from a private equity firm. It, was, it almost seemed like it was uh, personalized to him, right? And you read through the letter. And you get to the last paragraph and it says, if you have, you know, 10, 20, $30 million in revenue, we'd like to have a conversation. So it's almost like a personalized letter, which is really a form letter that's been bolted out or blasted out to maybe, you know, 500 companies or 1,000 companies or 2,000 companies. And they're trying to get, you know, it's a numbers game. They're trying to get conversations going on with, you know, Uh, half dozen or or, or 10. So they're just trying to get out there and find companies to have a conversation with. So, you know, we've always talked about early on, if you pick up that phone um, and you start having that conversation, I mean, who are you really talking to? I mean, do you really understand what their motivations are, what their goals are, what they're trying to achieve, and do they align with yours? Or are you going to, you know, drive the process with an advisor such as Osage uh, or one of our competitors out there that's going to kind of make sure that we bring high qualified buyers to the table, vet them uh, so that you can have a meaningful conversations with people that have a significant interest in your business. Uh, because, you know, again, today. We are in, you know, kind of, uh, you know, stormy weather, stormy waters between, you know, trying to manage your supply chain, your bank, of course, with, you know, managing your lines of credit, your interest rates going up, uh, inflationary pressures, uh, probably most important, number one, labor, you know, keeping your people happy, finding people, you know, getting distracted by something over here that is, um, it's important, but, takes you away from managing your business it may not be the best use of your time during this environment so you know what we're seeing uh is that the buyer community is very active the trend is they'll be main active sitting on a ton of money um and they will be the phones are ringing uh and and not just the buyers but the financing sources i mean if you go back to 2008 and we had like two. I think we had two deals that were ready to close pr- before the big, the big kind of crash, you know, the uh, uh, Great Recession, 2008. The reason why the deals didn't get done uh, was not because the buyer and the seller didn't want to do. The deal. They didn't get done because the, basically the the uh, the financing just stopped, dried up. You know, the banks put a full stop, stopped lending at that point. We're not in that environment today. Um, I mean, maybe the cost of capital is up, but you know, as I said earlier, we were at a conference uh, a few weeks ago and there was a number of lenders there and they're looking for deals. They are really hungry. They're sitting on a lot of money. I mean, if, if private equity is sitting on a trillion dollars, the banks are sitting on three trillion, looking to deploy the capital. So the banks are still willing to lend. They want to lend. Obviously the fundamentals got to make sense. Um, but the money is out there and available. So, the trend in the market is going to be, what I say, and there's certainly a slowdown in the marketplace. But if you are a high-qualified company and you're looking to sell, it's still a good time to go to market because um, the competition is still very healthy. There's still a lot of cash out there. But you know, prior to going to market is really important to make sure that you have you know, ask and answer yourself a lot of questions. Uh, a buddy of mine uses, you know, do a full CAT scan and MRI in your business, right? And that's it's, 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 it's a good analogy. I mean, really to sit from the top down and to make sure that I ask myself these questions. If I was looking at this business, what would I want to know? And if I have the answer to that, that's great. If I don't have the answer to that, how am I going to come up with the answer to that? Because it's critically important. You don't want to get into a prolonged due diligence process 60, 90 days, um, with a potential buyer where these questions are going to come up. As I said earlier, the skepticism meter is high. So the buyer is doing a much deeper dive, not only into your financials, but into various aspects, right? They're looking at your operations, Looking at your human resources, looking at your your, your purchasing, uh, your procurement, looking at your cybersecurity, looking how your company presents employees, your retainage, uh, how you're hiring, how you recruit, um, and what you're paying competitive market. They're looking at your social medias, looking at cybersecurity. The list goes on and on and on. So instead of having three or four streams of workflow to do a due diligence, now it's eight or ten. So that takes time, that takes money, that takes energy on both sides. So being properly prepared is is always important. But in what I would call uh, uncertain times, uh, where you really can't get a visibility on where you where things are a year out from now, it's even more critical. Um, but as an owner, if you if you're still in a good position, there's still buyers for, for your business. It's just really preparing yourself properly. And I can't emphasize that enough. I mean, I, I always kind of take the contrarian opinion is that when things seem the worst or the best and it is competitive, there's a ton of money out there. Strategic buyers and financial buyers are aggressively out there looking for deals. They've cast a wider net than they typically have. You know, the question is don't get caught up in that net, right? Time the market, test the market the way you want to Drive the process the way you want to to get it through over the, over the goal line that's best for you and your family. Those are the critical things that are important uh, in today's climate. So, you know, with that, um, I want to thank you uh, for um, participating in our podcast today. Uh, my name is Keith D. I'm president of Osage Advisors. Uh, you can learn, learn more about our firm uh, on our website at uh, osageadvisors.com. Uh, Feel free to call me anytime at uh, 860-767-3273, extension 1001. Happy to answer any questions you may have, give you a sense where the market is today, where we think it's going tomorrow, or shoot me an email at kdee at osageadvisors.com. Thanks again for your time and have a great day.